Hello and welcome to another episode of EKG. I'm Edgar. And I'm Sister Kathleen. And happy to have you here and happy Easter. We're still in the Easter, Easter season. Time. Yes. It goes for 50 days. We tell you this every time we get on. Yeah, we're recording. It's a big deal. It's, it's a, big a big deal, deal. and it Easter. goes to a, a, a big feast, Pentecost. We're, which will be a topic pretty soon here for us. Yes. Uh, which is, I believe, May 23rd. Third, I think right. so. I think that's what you sent me. Uh, happy to have you guys here. Sister Kathleen, you just last week had a confirmation. Yes. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. How'd that go? Ah, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day to start out with. The Saturday? Way. It was right. Saturday. Saturday. We yeah. had two services. Uh, I think it was 30 in the first one, and then I'm almost 30 in the second one. Uh, maybe a, a little less than that. Um, but it was so good to see the young people. We've been on Zoom mm -hmm. for a year and a half now, and uh, it there was a difference. Uh, they walked in, and I was like, I, I don't know if I'll recognize these kids, but to take a high schooler and they were, they were making eye contact because they were so happy to see wow. us and you could tell they were smiling and they were just, they were radiant. And I think, um, they had a real experience of the spirit. So neat. It looked a little bit different, obviously. Yes. <laughs> we were in the courtyard and they looked different. They looked older, <laughs> uh, but we were in the courtyard and we had their families there and, uh, uh, Father Byron was our main celebrant, but we had Father Paul and then Deacon John and Deacon Bill also. So it was a full house, uh, ministerially and and a full house with the students literally, and their families, yeah, yeah. literally. And it was just, it it was delightful. I mean, I it moved me to tears at different points, but also that feeling that I, I was so grateful to have the time with them. And it seemed like, they're going to take something away into their life that no other class has. Mm, that's very true. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's true with a lot of things, especially yeah. mm -hmm. different classes and different. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Um, you gave them something. Yes. Uh, I think you have it here. And it was a book, the new book from Father James Martin, Learning to Pray, A Guide for Everyone. Why, why did you decide to get that for them? Well, some of the things that they missed were like their retreat. Uh, oh, and yeah. different things and, and sharing in small groups with each other and uh, relating to us on the, the sat Sundays that we had confirmation and sharing meals together. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of lot that they missed. And so I, I started midway in this year um, saying, what can we leave them with? And I think sometimes we kind of want to make everything nice and neat in a little package. And there's a lot of growth that happens in the small groups, in the retreats and yeah. in all those things. And, and I remembered back when I was their age, uh, I had some very wonderful people in my life that gave me what I call books that I would call them adult books. It, mm -hmm. it was not uh, a picture book. It wasn't yeah. a, a little or chapter learning book. to pray for teens. Yes. Or something, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> So uh, out came uh, James Martin. He's a Jesuit priest. You probably see him sometimes. He's a, a commentator on CNN or yeah, something like yeah. that. But he's the kind of go-to guy for the Catholic Church in, in many of the questions. But he wrote a book called Learning to Pray, A Guide for Everyone. And I started watching little video promos and listening to him. And I thought, when they walk away, <clears throat> why don't we from this parish 
and his team, the, the team that has brought them along, give them a book that they can take. Some of them will be going to college, some of them will be going on in life. But it's, it's an adult book. It's a big book. It's a fat mm -hmm. book. And they can consume this. They're it's, old enough to... It's to, an adult book. <laughs> right. They, they can eat raw meat, you know? Yeah. And so um, we put in the front of it uh, a little note to them. And then all of us on the team signed it. Oh, and neat. so that they take it. And, and it was about, as you walk life, that, that you will learn to pray and it'll change over the course of your life. So... Uh, we put that in there. We gave them a cross, which they would have received at retreat. Mm. And we, for the last two years, and now again this year, we've t taken the little replicas of uh, Pope Francis's cross, which oh, yeah. has the a Good Shepherd with the sheep, which happened on Good Shepherd Sunday was the next day. Mm -hmm. So that's their cross. And then we uh, splurged and we got red, <laughs> uh, large envelopes for their certificate oh wow. yeah That's and good. with their names on the outside and in a gift bag uh we splurged on those two uh with a, a, a celtic cross on them and they were under wow. their chairs so they went away with tools a tangible kit. kit yeah yeah and i kind of compared it to oh, cool. this is your traveling bag your kit for at least the next few years of your life and then the holy spirit's coming to you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy mm. Spirit, which will be another toolkit for life. Awesome. So. That sounds exciting. It was great. Yeah. Um, the, uh, they're, they've received the Holy Spirit. Segue, by the way. They received the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and now they're even more active participants mm -hmm. within the church. Yeah? Is that, that, that appropriate to think that way? Well, uh, yes. That's, that's the whole point. You know, uh, Confirmation is a difficult sacrament in the church because it's kind of a sacrament without a theology. It's been floating around. There's been <laughs> many tra traditions. When what was happening in the early church where um, only adults were being baptized and brought in, you know, and that there, there was the receiving of the Spirit after the baptism. And in some cases, if you read Acts of the Apostles, the Spirit came prior to the, any kind of baptism, mm. you know, uh, with Paul oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Cornelius, I think, the Spirit came down on his, him and his whole household, and then he was baptized. So the confirmation was really in the beginning, it, it, they were baptized, then they were anointed, which we still anoint the babies mm -hmm. and, and whoever's being baptized. But then that confirmation got separated because we started baptizing babies. And it was in the early church, you baptize them, you confirmed them, anointed with oil, confirmed that baptism, and then brought them mm -hmm. to the table for Eucharist. Um, we've got them all spread out, yeah. especially for children uh, or young adults. Um, so it, it's, it was kind of appropriate to do that. And so I, I, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still, today it's kind of used as a rite of transition from, you know, childhood to adulthood. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, yeah. and it, it the completes church, yeah. their sacraments of initiation into the community. And, mm -hmm. so, and I think Father Byron said at one point in one of the services, and you were told, to go out now you're a full fully baptized confirmed and now receiving the eucharist 
at the table. You're a full, fully initiated member of the community. So now you got to go out. Mm. So the the responsibility that we have. Now, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what we want to talk a little bit about today. Right. What does that look like for everyone? For us, for us who who work for the church, for lay mm -hmm. people also. What does active participant participation look like? Right. So let's talk about that. What what does that mean? What did that mean to you prior to entering uh, uh, the school sisters order? Did, did you recall anything of what, what did you think your faith consisted of before you started discerning? Well, this is kind of a, kind of a highfalutin uh, idea I had, <laughs> um, and that's an old-fashioned term if you don't know what it means. I do not, but now I know. <laughs> okay. It, it, I thought more of myself at that point, like I was going to save the world, uh -huh. you know, um, I, I was going to save the world and I was going to dedicate myself to, to God and to Jesus uh, as my personal friend. And I was going to do his ministry and save the world. You know, well, now it's 50 some years later and I don't think the world is saved by me, but we're all, the church is, is the vehicle which God has chosen at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And God has other vehicles too. I truly believe that. But I heard one time and, and it makes sense to me and I repeat it. God grasps me to God's self in and through Catholicism. Mm. And so I wasn't going to save the whole world, but I was going to work in his vineyard or in his creation as a Catholic, as a Catholic who participated by following my vows. That's upon entering the order. That's that's how you said. That's where it's calling mm -hmm. you from. Um, so, but prior to that, what what did participation in the Catholic Church for you look like? Because you you came to Fresno State, you came to the Newman <laughs> Center right early on. Uh, what was your participation in the faith? What what did that look like? Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of hard uh, <laughs> to say. The, the one thing that I I did, because I did it when I was young, yeah. it was part of my DNA by that time, is that I remained faithful to coming to church. Uh -huh. I remained faithful to whatever kind of prayer life I thought I had at the time, you know, which was probably very uh, rudimentary, uh, elementary. And, but I, I really, um, I knew God had a, wanted a relationship with me and I wanted a relationship with God. Now that didn't stop me from being in, it might be really hard to imagine a normal college <laughs> student who did it. I don't know if I did everything the normal college students do, <laughs> but I, I was not over in some corner praying and I was not, yeah. you know, making novenas or doing anything like that. I was enjoying my life. And I think that's one thing we have to do is remember that. But I also had a call. I remember one day I thought I got to do some kind of service. So I went down to the YMCA or the YWCA downtown. And I said, do you have any kind of programs for children on the weekends? Can I come down and help? Mm -hmm. So I did. I, I taught a little crafts class at the YWCA downtown uh, on Saturdays, just so I would not become very selfish. Oh, gotcha. What about you, Edgar? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I was a cradle Catholic, born, you know, in the, in the church, and that was a, honestly a second home 
for for my family not, and my extended family too. Um, but participation in the church, I, I think, was at a young age. I was able to to see my aunt, who's a sister of the love of God. I mean, I remember her getting her coming over to the house and, and talking to my dad about, you know, I think I'm going to enter the order, and I knew something special was happening, and I knew that meant. She's in my mind. Like she's gonna go work for God. That's that's what yeah. that meant. And I was like, okay, not everybody gets called to go work for God, but that's all I saw because my parents also were being involved in the church, leading prayer groups or whatnot. So there, I saw, I think, a little bit more participation than than a usual person does. Um, and so I met participation for me meant you go to church and maybe do something extra during the week. So like uh, in junior high and high school, I went to their junior high and high school group, and I said, okay, there's there's my plus one, right? It's yeah. Sunday plus one. Yeah. Um. And but it, I went and found it boring. You know, I went because I knew I should, uh, but I didn't. I I wasn't. I I could say I was not actively participating right. in the things I showed up for. I was present. Yes, and that's important. Great. Was I being actively uh, a participant? Uh, not at all. Um, and so, but I thought, you know, at that, at that young age, you know, go to church, great, that's one thing. Um, but be, being present was really the only thing that I thought of. I should be there, so I'm going to go and just be there. And, and I think that was also because I was dragged along to a lot of things as a kid because my parents <laughs> had to lead something at the church. And that's why it was a second home because we would get dragged and we would be present right. and people just naturally thought so highly of us <laughs> yeah. because we were there. Yo, you and your family always come together. It's like, yeah, because the oldest one is only nine years old. We're not going to stay at home. Um, but we were bored out of our minds and we would just play and go outside, but we were not actively uh, participating in, in any type of mm -hmm. ministry. Even in high school, it was hard for me to be actively participating. Although I think it was effective because just by being present, something happens. Right. right? Something sticks to you. Right. Um, and so there's a big difference, and you know, and we'll talk a little bit about that, of being present, of just doing really the minimum and being actively, actively integrated in, in church, in the community. So as ministers now, if I can, we can call ourselves that, right. yeah, as, as, as people who are, are in the in in the area in the field of pastoral care that's good what what does that mean for us now and i can tell you now that definitely changes the definition for me completely now so now that you have we're going on 51 years of religious right. life correct Sister right. yes what can you in your experience what does active participation look like for you for you specifically what does that mean for you now you gave us a little glimpse of it, what it meant when you were entering the right. order. What today, this Sister Kathleen of 51 years of religious life, what does active participation look like for you? Well, first of all, I I, I continue to show up. I yeah. I do what I have to do to, to cultivate my call. Um, I would imagine a couple that's been married for 50 years have to do every day something mm. or engage gotcha. in in building that relationship uh to keep it going you know and so that they just don't become ships passing in the night or whatever mm. so i have to mm. i have to do uh my my routine and i have established a routine but i also at this age 
kind of have a freedom to um, to know that this is this is what I really was created to do with yeah. my life, yeah. and um, I I almost have like a renewed when I was in formal teaching or formal administration for Catholic education. That was what I did. Mm -hmm. Now what I do is be me in whatever <laughs> my quote job is or my my outreach is where I am and uh and and really pray that God uses me daily to to further the mission um and I keep saying the mission because you know I don't think I ever thought I was hitching my wagon to the mission of Jesus you know <laughs> I just thought I was going to do all these things that would grow the church or whatever but no and and that doesn't mean that you're always happy that you're always free from suffering that you're always you know i don't we can't escape that it's life it, it's life <laughs> and it's if it's to what jesus did look what happened to him you know but yeah. I, but but i live in the hope that that isn't the end of me either so uh, um what i what i hear what i hear you saying is you 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 are you in whatever moment you find yourself in mm -hmm. whatever situation it may be you see that that is your mission where you are right which i think is beautiful which i think it's very well true. sometimes i have to tamp that down a little bit but you know i'm <laughs> i can i'm not all that fantastically holy or anything like that but you know it's just um don't laugh too much <laughs> but uh it's it's God loves me the way I am and loves you the way you are. Yeah. And God can take you and I and and is expecting to be able to take every single one of us wherever we see ourselves. Like I, I think I don't ever go in the office to work with people who are, are not in. Yeah, I'm in an office, but everybody in the office is, is doing this because we're in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I don't go out. My sister is a dentist. She doesn't do churchy things in her dental office, but but because of who she is, she conducts her her business or her practice in a way that is uh, furthering the mission of Jesus too. So it doesn't just us. You know what, Father Paul, uh, last two homilies um, that I've heard from him, he's he's talking about speaking about how everything we do should bring us closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, we do this, 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 and that. And it brought me closer to Christ, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he was specifically sharing examples here at the church. Right? We do Wednesday student nights, and we have a craft night, and it brought me closer to Christ, mm -hmm. right? Or we are going to have a bonfire, and it brought me closer to Christ. And so in that, I was like, yeah, you should attach that at the end of anything. And that's what he was getting at, right? right. So your sister's a dentist, and it brings her closer to Christ. Right. Right, every day. Right? And so you're right. God is calling everyone mm -hmm. where they are to be brought closer to God's self, like you mm -hmm. said, to Christ, to Jesus Christ. You know, and, and I think it's a little bit different for me after participation. I think, and I think it varies from stages of life or oh, wherever yeah. you may find, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think right now for me, being actively uh, a participant is is listening for me right now. Mm -hmm. of, of creating platforms and opportunities for other young people to find how they are called to participate actively as well. Right. So I, I think, for especially during this time, a lot of this 
a lot of what my pastoral care looks like is listening, of, of asking questions from them. Yeah, that's right. Right, because now I'm creating a platform for them to, to express themselves and to, add, and to find themselves within, within the faith lens, if you will, right? Which I think for young people, we don't normally do that. We don't have that safe space. There is not the opportunity. It doesn't even need to be safe. We just don't have the opportunity right. sometimes to, to be able to share these things. So for me right now, what does active participation look like within the church is being creating a platform and opportunity for others. Right? Right. Whether that means to volunteer or to share a story uh, mm-hmm. from them. Or, or for me to show an example of something, or to lead, or to walk alongside them, right? But it's how maybe, and maybe this is not just being actively a, a part, a participating in the in the church, but it's just being a minister, or or or, or, a, or just someone who walks with someone else. Is how can I help you, <laughs> right? That sounds like customer service. Hi, welcome. How can I help you? That's right, right. and that's it, true. It is. <laughs> I, you know, I think. Uh, uh, I, I told you I wasn't going to use this example, but, you know, don't be a gumball uh, mm. Christian where you, you know, you come to church and you put your quarter in, you get the host and you walk back out and nothing's yeah. changed in your life. But but walking in from the parking lot, not cutting people off in the parking lot, smiling, greeting people, walking in, uh, coming in. Oh, somebody took my favorite spot <laughs> in the church or this or yeah. that. It's just like, how do you participate from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed in the because you cannot participate outside the life of christ in anything Mm. we uh, live and move and have our being in that but how do we reflect it so somebody else notices that christ is there and and it's an active thing Mm -hmm. you don't sit in the corner Right. right, and then in mass, it was beautiful when I discovered this in, in in high school. Was we participate in mass? You know, are you participating right. in mass? It's not something passive. It's not a spectator sport. Yeah, it's not a spectator sport. Although sometimes you feel like it because the way the churches are designed, right? Right, right. <laughs> but but you you are called to participate. Those responses aren't supposed are supposed to be said like a robot, right? right? Muscle memory. It's supposed to be from the heart. Right. We are participating. Right. Together we are praising God. We are lifting up these sacrifices. Right. And so it's such an active thing. It, it is meant. And so you have to be ready. I think of it, it's a vigilant sport almost. Yeah. You have to be ready. You have to be active. You're looking for the opportunities, the mm-hmm. situations, the moments in everyday life where you are furthering the mission, if you will. Right. right. And I, I, just, I just have to say one thing. We all won't be on that high all the time. Yeah, yeah, impossible. And that's community. Because when I come in and I'm tired, I've you know, or I'm upset or whatever, and I sit down and I'm not I'm not as full throated in my responses or my participation, I'm in a community. And so someone else's lifting me up is lifting me up in that community. And I am doing that for someone who maybe, you know, and but is not there on that particular Sunday at that particular time. And in this, in those situations, which I find myself in plenty of times, of, of not having um, the ganas, the, 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 the desires, right, is I'm just present. And that's mm-hmm. where I, I default. And maybe that's a bad way to think about it. I'm here, at something's going to stick. And I think yeah. I'm depending on my brothers and sisters here right. to carry me, you know, to lift yeah. me up, to help. And, and it does something. Because when you hear someone's responses and like, wow, that guy was loud. 
Well, that wow, that lady was a little loud. And I think to myself, that's that's not a distraction or a bad thing. I should we should all be responding this this uh, this anim this enthusiastic right enthusiastically about our amen at the end of the, the consecration. Right, all these things these things should come from the heart. But you're right, we're not always going to be on this Jesus no. high. Uh, and I think that's a I think that's meant to be that way because we need to understand that. Jesus is present. Jesus loves us regardless of how how high we are on right. Jesus. Right. right. That's right. That that that's true. And it's um, I always walk out, and uh, upon reflection throughout that that Sunday or Saturday, whichever it happens to be, upon reflection, I always there's some kernel that comes to me, or there's some meeting that I have had with somebody else, and I know they walk away mm-hmm. a little bit more elevated because of our interaction a little bit closer to christ right a little bit closer. Right. you're right every mass i leave even if i'm not if i'm falling asleep in it or something right. i do leave a little closer to christ right or i right. realize like yeah that was a god moment there no yeah. you're right absolutely but you know we are all called to to be this active right we are called to be the example for others but we're also called to look to the others just to show us the way to help us when we cannot do this our own, which means we are a true community. We are truly there right. for each other to in, in, to help in the needs of one another. And the one thing I like is that we are baptized into the priesthood mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah, uh, we're a, a, a royal people, a holy people. <laughs> you know, so I am not Father Paul. I am not father byron i'm not any other priest i'm not ordained but how can i be priest and royal person and and give jesus to yeah to others to the world yeah to everything to nature to everything and i and i think oftentimes um you know the first priest to make to enflesh the second person of the trinity in the person of jesus was Mary. Uh, it was not an ordained priest. Uh, and so how do we enflesh Jesus for others as we partake of the table and then walk out? And live our own lives. And live our own holy lives. Uh, and I think that's a whole other uh, the topic, how we get lost. of You know, if you don't work for the church, you don't have that mission. Right. No, we all have the same mission, right. which is love. To love others right. and to allow ourselves to be loved. Yes. Right. That's that's everybody's mission. Clergy, ordained, or lay people. That is all that's people right. who are not even part of our church, right? That is that's what right. we're all called to do in our own way, in our own lives. Yeah, because God is grasping them in so many other ways that I, I, we don't even know. Yeah. yeah, amen, amen, amen. So we'd love to hear how you you your definition of of being actively a participant in the church is. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and and possibly uh, some feedback. Uh, about our conversation here as always we're always excited to have some listeners here and uh, we are listening from you or we are we do hear from you so that's always really good and really encouraging uh, I, I we we hope to plan something over the summer yes uh that Stay na- tuned. now yes now that everything is uh opening up a little bit we have a little bit more guidelines now uh we, we want to plan something and so right. yes stay tuned thanks again for listening thank you